fan text line. Hit me there. Love it. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Big happenings, big day. Lots of shake-up in Steelerville. If you're just waking up uh, or you haven't heard today, Matt Canada has been uh, sent away, right? I don't know where, but he's just been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinators, as an offensive coordinator, excuse me, the offensive coordinator, and the man, one of the men who uh, covered all of this, Mike DeFabo from The Athletic, joins right now. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, let me – well, thank you for taking the time to join me on this Tuesday night. I'm, I, my nights are all screwed up, and I'll tell you why. My vacation starts when this show's over, so it kind of seems like a Friday. could be a Thursday. It's only a Tuesday. It's just – it's weird this time of year. All the days run together. You know what I mean? Colin, I'm right there with you. As a matter of fact, I printed in The Athletic that today was Wednesday, and so we had to issue a retraction that today is, in fact – Tuesday, so I apologize for reporting that news inaccurately. Let me pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today or whatever. Um, so let me get to this. Do you believe that Mike Tomlin unilaterally uh, was the man who fired Matt Canada, like he said in his news conference? You know, I find it interesting because I have to take the man at his word. Nobody behind the scenes has told me this is wrong, this is different, and I'm the kind of reporter that I tend to believe people when they tell me stuff. At the same time, I remember last year I was reporting a story about Minka Fitzpatrick, and in a very benign way I asked him how much he had to do with the decision to trade for Minka. And he, like, bristled at this, got angry with me, and said, it's a Steelers decision, everything's a Steelers decision. So to go from saying everything's a Steelers decision, we always make uh, decisions as a team and, like, present this united front at all times, and then to suddenly shift and say, it was me, I made the decision – I don't know what motivation he would have for that. Uh, so I, I guess that's what is interesting. But it was just kind of, to me, seemed like, if nothing else, if it was just Mike Tomlin, a shift in philosophy from an organization that I always believed it was a three-pronged decision-making process between Art Rooney, the GM, and the coach. Well, I was told that it was Brandon Hunt who really pushed for trading uh, for Minka, and that was a really big deal to him, and he was the guy banging the table. Also, in terms of you take somebody for what they're worth, didn't Mike Tomlin admit a few press conferences ago he lies to the media just to get him out of his hair sometimes? Yeah, that's true, too. He, he came up with the word mojo, and then when we asked him, kept asking about mojo, he was like, all right, guys, just stop. I just said that to shut you up. So, I mean, that's where things had gotten with the offense, though, mm-hmm. was, you know, we, w- we would sit there in these press conferences, and something Mike Tomlin literally said that came out of his mouth was that the defense didn't produce enough turnovers that, res- that were on the opposite side of the field or were close enough to scoring. So, you know, He's sitting there, he's this coach that says we don't seek comfort, yet he's really covering and providing comfort and, and, and protection for the offense and instead criticizing the defense. So this was long overdue. And no matter who did it, no matter why, no matter when, this needed to be done, and they finally ripped the Band-Aid off and fired Matt Canada. Is the ground underneath Kenny Pickett's feet shakier or sturdier right now? Boy, uh, you could really argue both ways. I mean, if Matt Canada was such a problem and anybody in the world is better than him, then you would expect better results. You know, I, I think that this puts Kenny in a bad situation because, for, for one, his human shield is gone. His built-in excuse that it's all Matt Canada's fault is gone, and now it's falling all on him. And, and he's inevitably going to be the next person that people start asking questions about how long they should be here. Um, but then in addition, you know, 
what kind of position is this for him to have success that you've taken uh, a playbook that was ineffective and didn't work. Now that guy's out the building and you've got Mike Sullivan calling the plays and, you know, just a bit of history in 2017, there's some history of this Ben McAdoo through the first five games of the season. Mike Sullivan was the OC Ben McAdoo is the play calling head coach. They were the fifth worst offense in the league. They were averaging 16 points per game. Ben McAdoo decided something's got to change. I'm giving play calling responsibility to Mike Sullivan. From week six until the end of the season, they went from the fifth worst offense in the league to the worst. Yeah, didn't I read that uh, the 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 what the people said was a lot of the uh, kind of route trees and things like that were just straight down the field, and that was the big criticism with Sullivan. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know a ton about it, other than what did work was they ran the ball more effectively. And so I think that that's something that they're going to do. I think that they're going to lean into this identity even more as a team that wants to run the football, shorten games, win with defense. Will it work? I don't know. I think they can get to the playoffs with that model, but I you know, find a hard time believing that they're going to win a playoff game like that. I keep hearing, tell me, I could be crazy, but I keep hearing from people inside that building and outside that building, but what – what makes me perk up a little bit is when I hear from people inside that building that Glenn Thomas has a much more uh, deeper impact on the offense than anybody would think. Yeah, that's always been a bit of the, the question is like, why is this guy here and how much of a role does he have? You know, he was in the booth with Matt Canada sitting right next to him in a lot of instances. So, you know, maybe that is an heir apparent, but, you know, at the same time, I feel like all these same coaches were involved in the game planning. It wasn't just Matt Canada. It was all of the offensive coaches were in charge of the game planning and it didn't work. So, you know, removing, you know, cutting off the head of the snake, does that make it better? Or, you know, is that going to improve it or not? What happens this weekend in Cincinnati? Do the Steelers look different at all? Or if you just look out there at the football field, Mike, do you think, well, you really can't tell a difference on offense anyway? You know, I think it's going to be another low-scoring rock fight type game. I think that the Steelers are going to get a jolt of adrenaline from this firing, and the offensive players are going to play with passion. And for that reason, I think the Steelers are going to win. But I am not expecting um, some kind of great transformation. Like, I still have my doubts about Kenny Pickett. And just because there's a different person in his ear, I do not believe that that's going to correct the fact that He's the second most inaccurate quarterback in the league and that he's missing wide open receivers and that, you know, he's, he's throwing conservatively and not taking deep shots or not throwing in the middle of the field. I don't think any of those things are going to change just because Mike Sullivan's call, or calling the plays and Eddie Faulkner is coordinating the offense instead of Matt Canada. Mike DeFabo from The Athletic joining right here on The Fan. Tell me about Jalen Warren's role moving forward. That stays the same? Man, I hope that it increases. Like, I don't know how Jalen Warren led the league in rushing with 129 yards and only got nine carries. And I know what some people are listening going to say. They're going to say, well, 74 of that was on one carry. Well, yeah, yeah exactly good. He had a 74-yard run. How the hell do you take that away from him? Right. That's like <laughs> saying, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, if you take out all his home runs, was he really that good? Um <laughs> That's the reason why you give him the ball more than nine times, because who would have known if you gave him the ball a tenth time if he would have taken that one for a touchdown? Don't crit- don't fault it the guy and don't hold it against the guy that he has the home run hitting capability. So I'd like to see that expand. I'd like to see him get a, a bigger workload because I think he's earned it. And 
you know, when guys in the locker room see somebody produce and they don't get rewarded because they're not a first-round draft pick, I think that sends the wrong message to players. You know, they all got to the league. They're all NFL players. The best players should get the most carries. How frustrated is George Pickens? I'm probably today pretty happy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that there's frustration. I think that was part of this decision-making process. I truly in my heart do, even though Mike Tomlin um, kind of deflected that question. You know, I think Najee Harris was at the end of his rope. And I think that he, you know, he came out on Sunday after the game saying, we can't keep winning like this. Like, this is the NFL. Uh, this doesn't work. Um, and I think that Mike Tomlin risked losing the locker room if he didn't make this move. I think that we've already seen dysfunction. We've already seen frustration bubbling over. And if you take Najee Harris at his word, he said that's just the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, more has been going on like that behind the scenes that we don't even see. So, like, to avoid this team an absolute rebellion and all the players just kind of quitting on the season, I think they had to make this move. Even if it doesn't produce better results, it may keep this team together. Are Najee Harris's words cryptic post-game anymore, or was he talking about Matt Canada? I think he's talking about the whole operation. Uh-huh. I, Expound I on that for me. I, I believe, you know, when I see George Pickens not celebrating with his teammate after he scores the game-winning touchdown – I can only interpret that as a player who's not a team-first player. And I, I think that there's instances where guys are more concerned with their individual accolades than they are the team's success. Um, I also think that they are just fed up and frustrated. Like, to a man, every offensive player has underperformed with Matt Canada calling, like, as a coach. Um, every single one of them, from first-round pick Najee Harris to first-round pick Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, George Pickens has not had the year we expected. Every single one of them has underperformed, and I think because of that, they're looking for somebody to blame and somebody who's the reason for the problem. Now they've removed that scapegoat, so now you know it's time for them to kind of step up and prove that that was the problem and that they're better players than what their stats suggest. Give me a percent chance and your reasoning as to if they could just roll over the offensive coordinatorship to Eddie Faulkner next year. You mean in terms of if I think they will? Or? Yes. What would it, what what percentage would you give that as a chance, and what reasoning would you give for or against it? I would give it maybe five percent of a chance, and the reason I would give it that much of a chance is just because the Steelers are an organization that loves to promote from within. They love their own guys. They love the known commodity. They love the guy that. The phone number is already in their favorites, and they don't have to change that when they hire somebody new. That's the way that they do business, and that's completely wrong, and that has to change. And I hope that this whole mess that was Matt Canada, hiring somebody that was painfully underqualified and um, allowing him to go on way longer than any reasonable person would have done, teaches them a lesson that this is 2023. You know, you don't just hire your buddy anymore. You don't just hire your friend. You have to hire the best man. These are supposedly the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is supposedly a marquee organization. This should be the type of franchise that people want to work for. And the people are willing to even work for less. So the Steelers, what they should do is not hire uh, somebody because they know them. They need to go out and get the absolute best man for the job or woman. Um, and, and somebody that has done it before. Because the biggest issue right now is Matt Canada never proved that he could be an NFL play caller. 
Kenny Pickett has never shown that he can be a consistent NFL quarterback. You've got the blind leading the blind. You need to eliminate one variable and have somebody who's done it before, who's had success so that you could truly evaluate Kenny Pickett. Otherwise, you're just guessing whether this guy is the guy or if it's the coordinator's fault. Last thing before I let you go, should Mike Tomlin be criticized more for re-upping Matt Canada going into this year? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I tweeted it this morning, but uh, like when we asked him about the decision and when he would make the decision about retaining Matt Canada, he said, we're not worried about the Joneses. We have a business model that we believe in. Um, You know, I think it's time to start worrying about the Joneses. Um, You know, how about you start looking at what other teams are doing to have success and try to model yourself after them? Because there was a point in time when teams modeled themselves after the Steelers. But those times are past. And especially when it comes to offense, the Steelers need to get with the times. They need to hire somebody who can actually do the job. Yeah, I think of Houston. Houston beat him with a rookie uh, coordinator, a rookie head coach, and a rookie quarterback this year and beat him good, you know? Yep, absolutely, so. absolutely. So, I mean, this is going to put a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett, though. Like, all of his inaccuracies and all of his issues are going to come to the forefront now without Matt Kinda there to take the blame. All right. Perfect. Mike, I thank you so very much. I appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining, as always, Mike DeFabo from The Athletic. Check out his stuff there. What he said at the very end, let's springboard it into the next discussion. Does this put the pressure on or take the pressure off of Kenny Pickett? See, in a way, I think it takes it off some. I think they say, hey, we picked you over Canada. Now, just go out and be free, and then we'll go into next year, and then we'll kind of figure it out. Am I wrong on that? Am I right on that? Let's discuss. 412-928-9370. By the way, Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Peters Township. Visit them online, southhillsjeep.com.